This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. Hallelujah. Y'all have Acts 16. Very familiar passage. Um, Hallelujah. I'll read just a little bit for your hearing sake. Um, Look at verse number 22. I won't read the entire thing, but I will read a short passage. Glory to God. Acts 16, 22 says, Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates, magistrates just means governors. The governors tore off their clothes, meaning they tore the clothes of Paul and Silas. They tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison that's the dungeon the inner prison to ensure that they couldn't leave and fasten their feet in the stocks they're, they're not only were they in prison but their their feet were chained but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, somebody shout immediately. Immediately all the doors were open. And everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm. We are all still here. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do? To be saved. Father we thank you now. We ask your blessing over this word. And over this moment. God prepare our ears to hear. What you're about to say to this church. Lord God I just thank you for your grace. And thank you that because we've assembled here God. That your presence is here as well. So Father do with this moment. Only what you can do. Father we ask your blessing. In Jesus' name. Will you touch three people and tell them. My worship has power. Just tell them my worship my worship my worship has power my worship my worship has my worship has power my worship has power Uh, this is literally our second Sunday uh, in this uh, new facility and uh, as we were transitioning in God told me to he told me to teach on worship 
and not just worship, but God told me to teach on unbroken worship. God says to church on purpose and to each of us, he says to all of us that his desire for us, this is the word or the message that God gave to me for you. God said, my desire is that my people work or operate in a state of unbroken worship. Unbroken worship means simply means pleasing God every day in every instance, every circumstance or no matter the circumstance. That means that everything I do, no matter what I go through, no matter what you have to face in your life, you've made up in your mind that you're going to be pleasing to God. So when they lie on you, you're still going to be pleasing to God. Um, when you don't like a situation, you're still going to be pleasing to God. When your boss is being unfair, you're going to still be pleasing to God. Don't, don't mean that you can't get your point across. It means that you do it in such a way that God is still glorified. Amen. Hallelujah. There, there's, a, there's a way you can deal with people and talk to people without being ugly. You don't have to be ugly. Amen. Uh, uh, sometimes you, you have to use a little tact and sometimes you, you have to be a little bit assertive, but you don't have to be aggressive and getting your point across. Amen. So in everything that we do, we're going to be pleasing to God. When people pull out in front of you in traffic, glory to God, hallelujah, amen. Don't you be blowing that mean horn at folks with that church on purpose sticker on your back window. Don't you do that, amen, glory to God, <laughs> hallelujah. And everything that we do, we're going to be pleasing to God, amen. We're going to honor God in all that we do. That is that unbroken worship. God is saying, I want you to walk and live in a state of unbroken worship where you don't allow sin to come and to break your worship. And I was praying to God and I said God I, I need a I, I need a situation or a story in scripture that can help us to de define I can really show the people clearly um, what you mean by unbroken worship uh, I want you to know that that in everything that we do pleasing to the Lord is worship even praise is worship praise is part of our worship lifting our hands is a part of worship coming to church on Sunday is a part of our worship all those things that we do is a part of worship and so so we kind of talked about what worship is and we kind of uh, talked about uh, 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 you kind of explain what worship is but today I want to I want to spend a few moments talking about uh, how powerful your worship is I think many in many respects we forget the power that we have and one of the powers that we have is the power of worship say this with me say my worship has power. Now, now, many of you are just saying that, but, but I pray by the end of this sermon that you, many of you will believe that your, that your worship has power. You're not just doing something by happenstance. You're not just doing it by accident. Your worship really does have power. Let me say that again. Your worship really does have power. When you worship, things change. When you worship, things shift in the atmosphere. When you choose worship, you confuse the enemy because the enemy was trying to make you mad, but instead of making you mad, he pushed you into worship. Have you ever been mean to somebody? They turn around and be nice to you and it, it Kind of, you ever whoop the kid and that kid come hug you and you, you, you feel sorry that you whooped him? Somebody said, nope. <laughs> Turn me down a little bit in the monitor. Uh, it, it, is, it, is, it is the power, the power of worship. Your worship has power. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the power of worship. Paul and Silas was here in the city and, and they were, as a matter of fact, if you read the text, the Bible says that they were on their way to church. 
they were on their way to church and as they were on their way to church this little girl who had a demon in her was following behind them and mocking them and, and saying these are the men of the most high God and they come to bring salvation and so the Judaizers at this time were looking at this and they didn't like Paul and Silas now watch this now isn't it, isn't it funny how Satan will cause you to get in the biggest argument with your spouse on your way to church it's on the way to church those of you who are not married maybe you don't understand but those who are married just keep looking straight ahead don't say a word I understand what you're going through hallelujah watch this watch this why is it on Sunday morning you have the biggest argument with your clothes because Satan Satan is always trying to stop you from getting to church. Trying to stop you from getting to prayer. Trying to stop you from getting there. Satan is always doing something. So, so he sends this girl who has, who has an evil spirit to try to stop them from getting to the place of prayer. But watch this. Paul turns around and he got mad. This, this was happening day after day after day. Paul got mad. Paul turned around and cast the demon out the girl. <laughs> Paul turned around and cast the demon. He said, turn around. And he said, demon, come out of her in Jesus' name. So the demon comes out. The girl wakes up. And then now the girl's owner's like, wait a minute. What you did? What you've done to her? We can't make any money off her now because the evil spirit is gone. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at the neighbor and say, do you, do you need me to cast the evil spirit out of you? Just ask him. I just want to make sure. Do you mean it? Anybody in here need me? Yeah, okay. All right. Are we good? Is the room clear? I want to make sure the room, make sure that the room is clear. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Hope there ain't no evil spirits in here. It is. <laughs> if you send beside somebody and not smile, there might be a spirit. Touch them out of the head and say, come out now. Isn't it? No, don't you do that. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. Don't you, <laughs> don't you do that. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. <laughs> But he turns around, he cast the demon out of the girl, and the and the owners of the girl got mad. Watch this. And they they went and grabbed Paul and Silas and they drug them to the magistrate. They drug them to the governors of the city and they lied on them. They drug them to the governor of the city, lied on them. Watch this. The governors of the city believed the lie, had their clothes ripped off. Watch this. And then had them beaten. Now, now, typically, according to Jewish customs, um, there was a limit to the number of stripes or number of, of, of hits or licks that you could get. But in this particular case, they put no limit on the number of licks they could, re- they could receive. The Bible just says that they beat them many times. It was so many times that they... That they lost count. So, so they were beaten. They were bloody. Uh, they were broken. Watch this. And then, check this out. They, they take them and they drag them into prison. They're beaten. Imagine somebody beating you with a rod so many times that people lose count. Beating them all over their bodies. Parts of their bodies are swollen. Parts of their body are bloody and bruised. And, and the, uh, there's, I'm sure that there's blood and bruising all over the place. And they barely could walk. They drag them, take them to the guard, and tell the guard, we want to make sure they don't go anywhere. We want to make sure they don't get out. We want to ensure that these two never leave prison again. 
The guard takes him. Not only does he put him in prison, but he puts him in what's called the innermost part of the prison. He puts him down in the dungeon. Not only puts him in the dungeon, but he takes them to ensure that they can't get out. They take and they bond their feet with stocks. They put these chains around their feet to ensure that they can't leave. They're already bloody. They, they, were, they, they, just, they were falsely accused. Drugged to the, to the governors. Now they're in prison. And they're in prison. Now watch this. I don't know about you, but if, if, if that had been me, I would have been upset. Somebody said, oh yeah. I would have been mad. I would have been angry because, because I was punished for something that I didn't do. Glory to God. But watch this. In some cases, being mad doesn't do you any good. Glory to God. In many cases, just being upset is not, is not the recourse. Trying to plead your case is not the recourse. Paul and Silas understood something that we all have got to understand. Paul and Silas understood that worship is powerful. They understood that even in this situation, we still have to be pleasing to God. Let me say that to you. Even when people do you wrong, even when people falsely accuse you, you still have to be pleasing to God. The Bible says that when Jesus was reviled, he didn't revile in return. In other words, when they did him wrong, he didn't go back and try to do, he didn't go try to go back and try to do them wrong as well. Many of us, we got that evil for evil mentality. You kill my dog. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Glory to God. Yeah, okay. If you slap me, I'm going to slap you back. Yeah, if you kick me, I'm going to kick you back. Glory to God. You bust my window, I'm going to cut your tires. Yeah, yeah, y'all know. Let me get off that. I'm kind of flashback. And then I went off on a little rant. Y'all pray for me. In everything, God is calling us to be pleasing to him. Makes no difference what happens to you. God said be pleasing. Watch this. Watch this. So, so they were in prison. They were falsely accused, beaten in stocks. There was no light in this prison. A very dark, dank, probably smelly, dirty dungeon. Watch this. And I, I believe while they were there, they were trying to figure out, and, and, and follow me here, how can we get God in this situation. Ooh. Because I need God. To be in this situation with me. Paul and Silas understood. That one way to get God. To be in that situation with, with them. Was to create a place. For God to inhabit. To create a place. Where God could feel safe. To come and be in the place. So, so what they understood. They understood that if we start worshiping. God's got to show up. If we start giving him some glory, God's got to manifest his presence. Because God said, God said, I dwell, I stay, I live in the praises of my people. Many, many of us mess up when we go through because we put our mouth on the situation versus putting our praise in the atmosphere so we can get God to come down. So watch this. So instead of calling your big brother or your crazy gangster cousin to come and help you, we need to open up our mouth and start worshiping God. 
The Bible says after all these things, Job worshiped. Why did Job worship? Because he had to open a door to get God to move on his behalf. Here's what worship does. Worship opens a door. Worship opens a door and worship invites God to move, to come in on your situation. Many of you are going through things and you're having to go through by yourself. That's why you're depressed. That's why you, that's why you're going crazy. That's why you feel like you're about to lose your mind because you haven't learned that all I have to do is open the door and allow the power of God to move on my situation. Worship opens the door and invites God to come in and move on our behalf. Now, what happened? What is the power of worship? What is the power of worship? Let, 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 let's talk about the power of worship. The first thing that happened, the first thing that we notice that happens here is when you start worshiping, people start to listen. People pay attention when you worship. The Bible says that the other prisoners started paying attention. The other prisoners listened to them. The other prisoners heard a different sound. See, when you're going through, everybody in your house is listening for the sound that you make. Many, in many homes, the sound is the sound of complaining. That was the sound that was in my house. My grandmom and granddaddy would get into an argument. I, I heard immediately the sound of complaint. I would listen. For the sound of complaint. You ever walked in your house and you say, uh-huh, they into it again. They're into it. But, 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 but that, but there came a time when I believe my grandmother understood the principle. There'll be times that I'd come in. I, we'd get off the bus and come home. My granddad would be upset and he'd be walking out the house and you could clearly tell he was kind of mad. He didn't speak to us. But then I get in the house and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, grandma's going to be mad, too. So, you know, you kind of tiptoe when you feel like you feel the tension in the room. I would go in the house and grandma be saying, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Oh, Lord, I give you glory. Oh, Lord, I magnify you. Oh, Lord, I just praise you. Oh, Lord, I bless you. God, I thank you for waking me up this morning. I thank you for starting me on my way. And, I, and watch this. When I'd walk in, the sound was different. So now when I'm walking in the house, now I'm listening. Because that's not the same sound. I don't hear the sound of complaint anymore. I don't hear the sound of gossip anymore. Now I hear the sound of worship. My grandmama learned to worship. When she was going through. What am I saying to you purpose? Listen. Listen. When you're going through. That's a great time. To worship. Because your worship has power. When you worship. People watch you. But believe it or not. There's somebody watching you right now. There's somebody in your life. Who is emulating you. Who is watching you. And and they're used to certain sounds coming out of your mouth. Or certain words coming out. But when Paul and Silas was there. Watch this. The prisoners was used to a different sound. Prisoners were used to complaining. Arguing and fussing and fighting. But now they're hearing the sound of worship. There's something about worship. Have you ever, you ever walked in a store? And heard somebody singing. And just you listening to them singing. And, and don't mess around let them have a good voice. 
There's something about listening and hearing them sing. You look at them and you say, oh, man, you have a nice voice. It's something about hearing that different sound. So people listen. They listen when you worship. Well, watch this. I, I, I want to. I, I want. I want to show you. I want to show you in scripture. I, I saw this scripture, and I wasn't going to present it, but I want to present it to you. It's John nine thirty one. John nine thirty one, and and you'll see it up on the screen. It says, "Now we know that God does not hear sinners." In other words, God doesn't. God doesn't use sinners to heal, or He doesn't heal through sinners. God does not hear sinners. But watch this. But if anyone is a worshiper of God, woo, and does His will. What does God do? He hears them. Glory to God. So if you are a worshiper and you're doing the will of God, God hears you. I'm talking about Abraham's God. I'm talking about the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I'm talking about the God that created the sun, the moon, and the stars. I'm talking about that God. That God is listening to you and he hears you when you're a true worshiper. People are listening when you worship. Number two, the second, the second thing, uh, the way we know our worship has power is because foundations shake when we worship. Foundations shake when we worship. Now, now we looking at it here in the natural, we know that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And I said, okay, God, what does that mean for us? What does that mean when, when you say that when we worship, foundations are shaken? Here's what God gave me the word stronghold. God gave me the word stronghold. God said that when you worship, the foundations of strongholds are destroyed. The foundations of strongholds are shaken. Now, a stronghold is a fortified place where it's difficult for people to get in and difficult people to get out. It's a, it's a fortified or a strong place. Uh, a prison can be considered uh, a stronghold. But that's not the stronghold I'm talking about. I'm talking about the stronghold in your mind. There are many strongholds in the minds of the people of God. We have strongholds in our minds. A stronghold is a lie that you believed and you believed it long enough that now it has impaired your actions. Now you're starting to act based upon the lie that's in your mind that you believed, now you're starting to do what the lie suggests that you do. Two lies that we believe, two lies, two particular lies that become strongholds in our lives is number one, we believe, we, we don't believe God right. We don't believe that God is able to do anything. And, and Satan oftentimes will create that stronghold in your life to oftentimes make you, make you see God wrong. Um, second Corinthians 10, four says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to what the pulling down of strongholds. First stronghold is that we don't see God right. That, that's a lie uh, because, you know, many times Satan will make you think that God's not going to do that for you. God's not going to bless you. God's not going to turn that situation around. You know, what we, we do, we start trying to fix it on our own. We start trying to do it on our own. We start trying to, trying to work the, we try to work the miracle on our own. And so what we've got to do is we've got to get back and we got to put God as default in our lives. That means that whatever I go through, I go to God before I go to anything else. I go to God before I go to people. I go to God before I go to the doctor. I go to God first because I'm believing that God is able. Second lie that many people believe is that you don't believe right about yourself. 
Many of you, you don't understand how powerful you really are. The Bible just told that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the putting down of strongholds. You don't realize how powerful you are because if you realize how powerful you are, you wouldn't allow Satan to come in and steal all the things that he's stolen in your life. If you understand how powerful you really are. If you understand that you have the power to lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. When you get sick, you'll be laying hands on yourself if you fully understood how powerful you really are. When your kids get sick, before you go get Robitussin and go get a Mucinex, what you do first is you go get some anointing oil. And you'd anoint them with, I wish I had some witnesses in here. You'd anoint them with oil and you plead the blood of Jesus over their lives and you command the spirit of infirmity to loose them and let them go. If you fully understood how powerful you really are, if you knew how, how powerful you really are, there are some things you wouldn't put up with in your life. If you fully understood how powerful you really are, glory to God, you got to know that demons tremble at the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And guess what? Not only do we carry the name of Jesus, we carry the spirit of Jesus on the inside. Demons tremble. If you only understood, if you understood how powerful you really are, listen, you, you, you'd apply for jobs you don't even qualify for. Cause you know why? Cause I understand my power. Y'all come on, y'all better talk back to me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If, if you really understood your power, God's trying to get us to understand the power of our worship. The power, your, your worship has power. So when you begin to worship, the foundations of strongholds begin to shake. Watch this. When you worship the foundation of strongholds for your children, Begin to shake because because what's happening now, the enemy is setting up all types of different strongholds, even in our young people. So many lies that the enemy is causing our young people to believe. But there's something about worship. Watch this. There's something about worship in your home. If you truly understood the power of worship, you'd go back to worshiping in your house. You turn some of them TVs off and you put you some worship music on. I wish I had a witness right there. Glory to God. You you create that. Glory to God. You'd open a door in your house. The reason God is not in most of our houses is we haven't opened up a door and allowed God to come in the house. The reason God's not in our marriages because we haven't opened a door and allowed God to come into our marriages. You know why? Because we don't understand how strong we really are. We don't understand how strong we really are. When I understood, the, I began to understand the power of worship. Now my wife get up every morning. We pray every morning. You know why? Because I got to open a door. I got to create an avenue for God to come in. When I get home, instead of watching a bunch of crazy stuff on television, sometimes I just go into worship in my own house. When was the last time you created, when was the last time you opened a door in your own house and just allowed the God come in through your worship? Worship is powerful. See, demons don't like it when you worship. Demons have to run when you worship. When when you got a bunch of hell going on in your house, stop complaining. Get off that telephone and start worshiping. Stop calling folks, telling everybody your business, and just lift up your hands and start giving God some glory right in the midst of your house. I don't care how crazy he acted. I don't care if your kids done lost their mind. Stop all that fussing and cussing and start worshiping because that's where your power lies. Your power don't lie in your cussing and fussing. Power lies in your worship. There is power in your worship. Paul and Silas understood that we're not going to complain. We're not going to throw a pity party. We're not going to throw a fit. What we're going to do, son, we're going to worship. Why? Because we got to open a door and allow God to come in and move on by our behalf. We got to worship. We got to worship. We have to worship. We have to worship. We have to worship. We have to worship. When you worship, bodies begin to get healed when you worship. 
Minds start to get healed when you worship. Demons start to tremble when you worship. Your worship is more powerful than you'll ever know. Why? Because your worship opens the door. Glory to God. I remember this little boy at school. He was a little bitty boy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And 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 uh, sometimes we'd pick on him and we'd pick him up and put him in the trash. I mean, I wasn't a bully. I just ran with some bullets. <laughs> oh, Lord. I hope he's not watching. But one day we picked him up. And that boy said, I'm going to tell my brothers. We remembered his brothers graduated before him. When he said, I'm going to tell my brothers, we sat him down. We sorry, bro. Because what he was about to do, he was about to open a door and get his big brother in on this situation. Glory to God. See, the reason devil keep picking on you, because you ain't, you hadn't learned. You ain't learned to open the door yet and allow your big brother to come. I wish I had a witness right there. You, you got to learn how to open the door and get your big brother in on the situation. Foundations start to shake. Glory to God. I feel a foundation shaking right now. Foundation. You know what I'm doing right now? What I'm doing right now, preaching is a part of worship. And this preaching that I'm doing for you is shaking some foundations in your mind. You're kind of looking at your house a little different now. You're looking at your marriage a little different now. You know why? Because the foundation is starting to shake. That's what worship does. Worship starts to shake. The foundation, that's what worship does. Worship is powerful. Worship is powerful. I, I, I thank God that when I'm going through, I've learned. To just worship. Baby, what are we going to do about the bills? I look at my money. Uh, you, know, uh, I I don't, you know, I don't have it there. I ain't got it there. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to worship. Y'all looking at me funny. We're not going to worry about it. Uh, we can't worry about things that we can't do anything about. You know what we're going to do? We're going to worship. Now, I, I preached a sermon, a sermon many years ago, and the title of the sermon was The Answer is Worship. So that's what we do when we go through. You know what we do? We just worship. We don't complain. We worship. We don't gossip. We worship. We don't talk about folks we worship. We don't throw pity parties we worship. We don't get in denial we worship. We don't get depressed we worship. We understand that our worship is powerful. Foundations start to shake when we worship. Another thing that happens when you worship, doors start to open. You don't have a job, start worshiping. You need a new house, start worshiping. You live in an apartment, you want to buy your first house, just start worshiping. Learn how to worship. Why? Because worship opens the door and allows God to move on your behalf. Whatever you need, you need a healing, just learn to start worshiping. Because doors start to open. You need some doors open for you in your life, learn how to worship. Just learn how to get in worship. And watch this, learn how to live in a state of unbroken worship. Meaning that I please God. In every instance, every circumstance, no matter what I go through in my life, I'm pleasing to God. Why? Because I cannot allow this situation to break my worship. Paul and Silas, I believe, said that. Paul and Silas said, we will not allow what we just went through to break our worship. Isn't that amazing? We're still going to worship. We still, if, if my job changes hours, I still have to worship. So doors start to open. Not only doors open, but chains break. When you start to worship, 
I'm not talking about the natural change, the change that you see. I'm talking about the invisible change that Satan tries to, tries to bind you with. Chains of guilt, chains of depression, chains of fear, chains of torment, spiritual torment. Satan tries to put invisible chains around you. But when you worship, those chains start to break. Those chains start to fall off. Watch this. And not just your chains. The Bible says in the story that, that the chains that are on all the prisoners fell off. Glory to God. Your worship has a ripple effect. Your worship is not just about you. Your worship is about everybody that's in the same situation as you. So when you praise God, you're not praising God for you by yourself. You're praising God for everybody who is going through or has gone through or will go through everything that you're going through. You know why I praise God? I don't just praise God for this church. I praise God for the next church that won't have a church and that God's going to bless them with a church. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm praising, I'm praising God because, because what, what happened for us has loosed the shackles for somebody else. Has loosed the chains for, y'all come on, has set, we, we've set somebody else free because now they say, if God can do it for them, I know God can do it for us. And chains, you'd be amazed at how many chains are broken. You'd be amazed. And how many people have been sitting in churches chained up, not knowing how to be free. Sitting in churches in chains, in bondage, sitting there in tradition. And now they come to purpose and realize I don't have to carry those chains anymore. I wish I had a witness. See, if you've never been in chains, you never understand what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about a freedom that only God can give. A freedom that only comes through our worship. God, he said, he who the Son has set free, he's free indeed. God sets us free spiritually. And it comes because when we worship, chains are broken. That's why you can't sit there and be quiet in worship. Because somebody else, you ever watch somebody else worship and it, and it sets you free? I'm closing, but the other day, the other Sunday, I was up here on the stage and, and I looked down and I saw my good friend, I saw Chalk, he was down there and they were running the video about how this building used to look before Purpose came in. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about us, I'm talking about God, His Purpose. And they were showing the video, and I looked down at him, and I saw tears streaming from his eyes. When I saw his tears streaming from his eyes, it caused me to be choked up. Glory to God. What he did for me, you got, you're going to do for somebody else. You don't know, man, when people see you run, and they know your story, you set people free. When people see you worship, especially as men, Men, when your sons see you worship, you set your sons free. You set your homeboys free. When they see you as a grown man lifting up your hands and praising God, you start to, the, the, the bands or the chains are loose on the people that you are connected to. That's why I have to worship. Not only are bands loose. My last point is simply, when you worship, families believe. Your worship is so powerful that you cause whole families to believe. Families believe because of your worship.
The Bible says that in Acts 16 that the jailer runs in and he sees all the doors open and he's panicking. He runs back to his station and gets a sword. He's about to take his own life. Paul, knowing what he's about to do, yells at him and tells him, sir, don't, don't do, you have to do that. We're all here. He comes back down and watch this. He heard the worship. He comes back down and he looks in the cell and he sees he's walking down the cell blocks. All the doors are open. All the prisoners are still in. The chains are broken. He's, he's looking at, they don't have the chains are off of him. The chains are off of him. Chains are off of them. He's looking at all the chains. Watch this. But he felt the presence. He felt the presence of God. Because when God shows up, chains break. God is the chain breaker. Can I call him that? God breaks chains. So when he shows up, here's what he asks. He says, I'm tired of living like this. Did, did you know, did you know that, that even, even if you are the captain over a prison, you're still in prison? He said, listen, I may be free on the outside. But I'm in chains on the inside. Why would he be so fearful that those guards had got out that he was so fearful that he would have committed suicide rather than to face the wrath of the person that he would have to deal with? All those guards were, had left. That's prison. That's prison. Some of you are in prison in your own houses. Y'all just roll with me because I just hear the Holy Ghost. You're in prison in your own homes. Many of you are in prisons on your job. You're at home walking on eggshells all the time. Don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to make them mad because they're going to go off. Y'all just keep looking. Don't look down because I'm going to know it's you. No, for real. You're in prison. God wants to set you free. But Pastor, you just don't know him. When he gets upset, I just ain't no calming him down. I don't know what to do. And many, many, many people think, you think that your only recourse is divorce. I'm just going to divorce. I'm going to throw my hands up. That's not the answer. That's not the answer. You got to open the door. You got to allow God to come in. How do we do that? You got to worship. They open the door. Allow God to come in. Change, not only did it change the jailer's life, but it changed the man's whole family. His whole family got saved. And they got baptized. The whole family. For the first time in this man's life, he, he's free. Many of you today, Listen, you can be free today. You don't have to go back home in that same bondage. You can be like the jailer today. You can give your life to the life giver. 
to the giver of life. You can give your life to Christ just like that jailer. One of the greatest decisions that man, the jailer asks is what? What must? Not what can I do, but what must I do? I must be saved. I got to get out of this hell that I'm in. Some of you are in hell and you're being tormented every day of your life. God is calling you to salvation. I don't know who you are, but I know you're here. You're in church, but church is not in you yet. God is calling you to be saved. Could Jesus soon in return? Listen, will you quietly stand to your feet? Will you do that? Families believe. Let me say this to you, especially the men that are in this room. God wants to save your whole, and he wants to save your entire family. And he wants to use you. But you have to be examples of worship. You have to set godly examples. If, if you come in church and you're all cool and stoic and you don't move, guess what? Your kids are going to be, look around, your kids are going to do exactly what you're doing. If you're a man in this room, your kids do exactly what you do. If you, if you, don't, if you, don't, lift, you don't lift your... If you don't worship God, your kid's not going to worship. You know why? Because you're putting them in chains. You want your kids to be free to worship. You don't believe me? If your kids are here, next time you worship, turn around and look around and see what they're doing. They're doing exactly what you're doing, especially if you're a man. Their worship set this man free. It's okay to lift your hands. It's okay to worship. It's okay. Listen, will you bow your heads? Let me pray for you. Father, I pray, Lord God, that there's anyone here, God, who hasn't made the decision to receive you as the Lord and Savior like that jailer did, God, that they do so right now. God, we know that nothing that I say, God can draw them because...